Wolfen going. All right, man. Welcome to Crow Triple Seven Radio. This is episode 556. Jason Lindgren is with me, and Bill G joins us for the first time. This should be interesting. Bill is a dowser, and I have had an interest in this for quite some time. As a matter of fact, I was trying to get what's called a sand point well put into my yard so I could get a hand pump well, uh, which didn't go well, but I actually turned my hand towards dowsing. And it was the first time I've seen it done, but I've never attempted it. I did it with copper. And ironically enough, the guy who came to do it did a similar thing. And he was within three or four feet of where I tried to determine. Uh, Long story short, we didn't get through (laughs) the ground down to water. So that was a complete fail. But anyhow, welcome, Jason. And a cool good morning, and this is going to be interesting because Bill does all kinds of dowsing. Yeah, it's crazy, even Akashic, and we're, we're going to get into these things. Welcome, Bill. Thank you very much. Can you tell folks where they can find you? You can offer a website or an email if you choose. If you do that in hour one, you'll probably get a lot of contacts, and you can mention your books. Awesome. So my main website is uh, vitalbioenergetics.com. That's V-I-T-A-L bioenergetics.com. That's my main website. I'm also here representing the American Society of Dowsers, and they can be found at dowsers.org. As far as books are concerned, my latest book is called Conscious Conduit, A Dowser's Guide to the Business of Ascension. It's revised and expanded. It's available on Amazon. Also, I have recently uh, done a, an excellent work for the, the Dowsers called Letter to Robin, Dowsing Insights and Tested Protocols. It's by Walt Woods, so I was the, uh, the primary editor on this book, and it is our go-to textbook for people who want to learn how to douse, whether they want to do Akashic dowsing or they want to do water dowsing or whatever, this is the book to get. It's also the main text for the foundations course that we teach uh, people, that's what mainly what the American Society dowsers do is they their mission is to teach people how to douse. And so they have classes and they have uh, workshops. And if you become a member of the organization, you can actually have access to webinars. And, you know, it's very much worth the, the membership fee. Okay. Is that it? That'll be it. Yes. Okay. Your list is longer in front of me, but we will get, when this goes live, uh, logged in as members, we'll get all these links into the top comment. You've provided us quite an interesting list, but before we jump in, I want to ask you, are you familiar at all with the growing interest in what's called electroculture? No, I'm not. I figured I'd ask. It has to do with copper. To me, what you do feels like one of the very few, let's just call it a craft, or an art form maybe, uh, that ties back to probably ancient times, because I'm guessing this goes way, way back. I mean, what do you think? Well, yes, absolutely. I mean, copper has been around since uh, before the Bronze Age. So yes, absolutely. All right. Well, let's jump in to where you started us off. What exactly is dowsing? Okay. So dowsing is the use of a tool to kind of get an idea of what is going on in either the subconscious or going on in the energetic field around you. So it's the the tool itself is not nearly as important as the user themselves. So if I'm using, say, a pendulum or I'm using a dowsing rod and I'm asking a question, first I'm uh, I'm clearing myself of the answer in the sense that I'm I'm not having an emotional attachment to the answer. And then I allow the tool to then work through my bioenergetic field to provide me with the answer that I'm looking for. And it was interesting, the the story that you opened up with, with the sand well. So I'm very curious to know that when you were dowsing for that well, what was the question that you asked your dowsing rods? So it's funny you should ask. Of course, I did a little research. I have witnessed dowsing the first time I was very young and I was amazed. Uh, My father, who was a very smart man, explained what he could. But what I did is I took two pretty thick copper, basically wires, maybe a little thicker than wire. I bent them into the typical L shape. And what I asked is what would be the best and easiest spot 
to put a sandpoint well in to reach water. Okay. So when you asked that question, and then when you actually dug the well, it was not successful. So why do you think that is? Well, (laughs) I can only go with what the well guys told me, and he did a form of dowsing. And actually, I missed most of it, but he was very close to where I was. What he told me, first, they tried to jackhammer and it bent the, the tip. And I asked, did we hit rock? And he said, no, it's this mud that is so dense, we can't get through it. And so basically, we moved five times with the same result. But again, they were using a jackhammer to try to just do the sandpoint. For people listening, you can look up online. Sandpoint is basically banging a tube down and getting a hand pump. Well, it's very basic. Anyhow, go ahead, Bill. What were you going to add? Well, okay. So I would say that probably the issue was the question. So you asked the question, what is the best place to do a get a sand pump well going? Well, it gave you a good location, but... What was missing from the question was where that I can drill this well with the greatest ease that is also going to get me the highest yield of potable water. And the reason why I say that is because the question is the most important thing that you can do in dowsing, because the more specific the question, the more specific the answer is going to be. So. In the work that I do, I do a a form of dowsing called Akashic dowsing. Now, Akashic dowsing involves asking questions of the subconscious, and you can use uh, various ways of doing this. Um, I mostly use charts, um, some of these charts that I developed on my own. Other charts were developed by other people. If you go online and look up dowsing charts, you'll find many, many, many charts out there. So you ask the question, and again, you have to be very, very specific for the question, because sometimes people will come to me and they'll ask the question, what is blocking my ascension process right now? Or what is blocking my ability to find true love? Well, that's a vague question. So the answer that's going to be provided to you may be accurate. It may say that you're being too hard on yourself. Maybe your standards are too high. Whatever whatever comes out in the dowsing is going to come out. But it's those answers are not particularly helpful. So what you should ask then, okay, what is blocking the progression of, say, we're going to go with a relationship question. Um, You know, I'm currently dating this person we'll call her Jill I'm dealing I'm I'm dating Jill right now and we're not really connecting so much on an a spiritual energetic level so can the dowsing please provide me with some clues as to what is blocking our energetic connection now we've asked an extremely pointed and specific question Tool-free dowsing. So we're talking about tool-free dowsing right now. No, no, this isn't tool-free dowsing. This is using charts. Okay. So you're using charts and a pendulum. So then what's going to happen is the pendulum is going to point you to the various charts and systems that that you're using and is going to provide you with either one word responses or paragraph responses or something that is going to give you a very specific answer to what that specific question is. Now, some of those que- some of those answers are going to require interpretation. You can also do this kind of Akashic dowsing without charts if you have an extensive library at home. And, you know, I, I make this joke with a lot of people who have who are into the esoteric healing arts is that they many of them have a book habit where they have many 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 books at home and the 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 running joke is it's not hoarding when it's books so they've got lots and lots of books at home they were guided to buy these books at one point in their lives these could be Eckhart Tolle books these could be uh, Law of One books these could be uh, Abraham Hicks books you know there's a lot of different books out there that people tend to buy, and maybe they'll never read them, or they just like to have them around because they like the energy of them. So you ask this question, it's like, well, I don't have any charts. Well, if you have a pendulum and you have books, you can be asked, you can ask to be guided to a specific page in one of those books 
that is going to provide you with the specific answer that you're looking for. And I've used this method many, many times. And every single time, it's freakishly accurate where you read the paragraph and you're like, oh my gosh, that's exactly what is going on right now. So then we have a next step beyond figuring out what the problem is. It's, you know, what to do about it. We're going to have to now dig the well and digging the well or clearing the stuck energy is again, once we, it is in our conscious awareness, then we can give it permission to leave. Now, again, go back and going back to your sand well problem. Okay. So um, both you and the other dowser found the best place to dig this sand well. Okay. Before you started digging, did, did you then, and I'm guessing the answer is no, did you then hold your pendulum or hold your rods over there and then say to the universe, please allow, please, do I have permission? And is it in my highest good? And, you know, it's a like a, and what Walt Woods described as the, um, the may I, can I, should I? May I dig this well? Can I dig this well? Should I dig this well? Now that I know where the best place is. And so, and if the answer comes up, no, then you can clear the energy and then ask the question again, may I, can I, should I? And then when you get an affirmative on those three questions, digging that well should have been a piece of cake. The, 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 that, that bore should have gone right through that mud like it was, like it was butter. And then the, uh, then the well would have gone right through. And, you know, you could say, well, look in re- retrospect and say, you know, but, you know, Bill, you're, that's a bunch of bunk, you know, because the mud is the mud, you know, the, the, the earth is the earth. Well, something was blocking that energy. Something was blocking that flow of water to go through that well to allow that pipe to go through. Was it your intention? Was it your emotions? Was it your belief that it can't be done? Because, you know, sometimes our own doubts can get in the way and it can influence the energy of the digging of that well. And so you clear it. You say, all right, now I know where the where I need to dig. Now I'm going to clear the energy around it to allow for a smooth flow of that water into where I need to have it come in. Same thing goes with Akashic dowsing. Okay, I'm having my my problem with Jill here. Now the the dowsing is coming up saying that, you know, what's blocking it is she reminds me too much of my mother and my mother had, you know, my mother and I had a, a, a falling out over some specific issues that now I'm seeing that there's a problem here. I see that there's a, there, you know, there's a, there's a really deep, very specific psychological issue here that's preventing me from having that connection with Jill. So therefore, I'm now going to clear it. I'm going to give it permission to leave my consciousness. And then, and then once it's clear, now you discover, I mean, it's, this isn't even, it's something you don't even have to have a conversation with Jill about. Now you've given it permission to leave. And then the next time you go and meet Jill, you realize that that's not a problem anymore. Now, there may be another problem. There may be something else that comes up, but that specific issue is no longer an issue. And now you can go into the next layer of that onion. So you can go a little deeper. When you're setting up and you're going to ask the question, what does it look like? Does it look like prayer? Do you verbalize out loud? How does that go down? Okay. It differs from person to person. Some people do it in the form of a prayer. They, you know, they say, you know, great spirit or mother goddess or whatever. They, they, and they, they, they word it in that way. I mean, you can do it that way. For me, I write it down because writing it down makes sure that I am not adding any nuance to the question that is going to get in the way of the question, because sometimes we use loaded language when we, when we say things out loud or we change our minds halfway through a sentence. So you write it down, make sure it's clear. Then you ask the question, can I, may I, should I? And once you get those, the affirmative on your dowsing tool, then you can go ahead and do the question and, and douse the question. You know, it's interesting. I did a quick look up before we came on the air. Apparently, the Catholic Church outlawed uh, dowsing. And then, interestingly enough, the reformer or the so-called reformer, Martin Luther, held up the Catholic ban in 1518 
And he said it was breaking the first commandment, um, i.e. occultism, uh, which is quite interesting because I I would imagine that the bulk of people who are dowsing are probably looking for water, aren't they? They generally are. And what's actually interesting is the, the Catholic Church completely reversed its uh, stance in the 1800s. Uh, there were actually some very prominent priests. And actually, I can look that up real quick if you just give me. Yeah, I'm actually looking. So Castle did a study in 91, Bets in 90, but there are notable dowsers listed on Wikipedia. Uh, and I'm sure you'd recognize them. It's quite a list of people. Yeah. It's not witchcraft if the Catholic Church says it's okay. <laughs> there you yes, go. it's not witchcraft. Yes, yes, absolutely. You're not allowed to look for water. If we don't give it to you, you don't get it. <laughs> By the way, how far back does this go and does it cover all cultures? Oh, absolutely. It it covers all cultures. And what's also interesting is there are cave drawings of people using dowsing rods to find water. Cave drawings. So pre-written language. So we're we're going back hundreds of thousands of years. Is it generally understood how ancient man would have got the notion to try this? That is a good question. There was a, I mean, now we're, we're getting in the weeds on this too, because there was a civilization, actually there were two civilizations before this one that, that died out in cataclysms. And it's widely believed that those particular civilizations, especially the pre-Clovis civilization, that had a highly developed spiritual practice, and they regularly practiced dowsing. It's where the, uh, the the shaman in South America and the use of plant medicine came from, and the and the upper um, and the people who do shamanic journey is where where that came from as well. So this was a um, a thriving, adva- very advanced civilization that was um, located in the mostly in the north american continent uh but then when the younger dryas um comet hit the planet uh 12,800 years ago it exploded above a ginormous glacier above canada and then when it exploded it created a tidal wave that went across the entire north american continent and just washed everything including about half a mile of topsoil into the oceans and effectively wiping out and wiping out almost all traces of any civilization that uh, would have been there. But we're see, we we see a lot of their um, their architecture, you know, in, with the Great Pyramids and Globeke Tempe and the and other sites around the world. And the reason why I bring that up is those particular cultures or that particular culture um, is very is believed to have widely practiced dowsing. And they taught this to the survivors of those cataclysms. And so that's, you know, that's how we believe that it was readily practiced. Now it belongs, it's also in our collective unconsciousness. The practice of dowsing is in, is in there as well. So there are a lot of people who practice dowsing. They never even knew that they that what they were doing was dowsing. They would be doing muscle testing or they would you know, pick up a pendulum like, oh, I know how to use this. So it's innately in our DNA as well. Now, that's very interesting. What would you call those two civilizations if you had to use modern terminology that a lot of people who are into that sort of thing would use? Well, they, um, we, we know about the Atlantean civilization. We know about the Lemurian civilization. And it's believed that the, you know, and there's not a lot is known about the Lemurian civilization. So it's, you know, I believe that the North American continent one is probably closer to the legends of the Lemurian civilization. But again, there's, they're still looking for evidence there. We, we know the comet hit. We know that there was a we we have a very good idea that there was a civilization that existed before then and it was and it was a thriving civilization based on our mythology. Graham Hancock has done a great deal of research in this area, or at least he's done a lot of compiling of research in this area. His latest book is called America Before. So I recommend that one highly if you're interested in learning more about uh, the evidence that led to the the conclusion that the, this civilization existed at all. So th- those all these ideas end up being the Tinder for fights online at this point. Yeah. But a- as you were speaking, I I scanned down through the Wikipedia, and of course, there's the pseudoscience 
information, which is funny as can be, because right below the pseudoscience is the notable dowsers. In other words, here's these men that were really good at this thing that were about to badmouth. And what's interesting, it was labeled as a pseudoscience till 1986. But now, lo and behold, orthodox science can explain dowsing because clearly it's sensory cues, expectancy effects, and probability which is almost laughable uh, when you follow it with the list. And some of these are pretty, some of these guys are quite up the rung in social standing um, as I looked up a couple of them, but to pull back around, I don't want to drop any of the lists and I know you started to cover it, but what specifically are the different types of dowsing so that we can just lay the categories down and okay. begin to wrap our minds around it? So the different types of dowsing, uh, what I practice is pendulum dowsing, which is uses a, it's, it can really be anything. It could be a, a, just a weight on the end of a string or a chain. And with that, you are holding it in your hand and you are asking a yes, no question, or you're asking to go to charts. There's also what they call an L rod, an L rod. Before, I'm sorry for interrupting, but before you move on, the charts. Now I looked up a few pictures. I mean, are these a thing that you create or are these a thing that you pick up because people have figured out what the best charts are to use? That is a good question. The chart, um, I've created some of my own charts, uh, notably a, a, a chart set called the time temple, which is heavily, um, influenced by biogeometry and Chinese cosmology and the law of one. So that, uh, those, that's one that I created. But my go-to chart, at least the, the charts that I started out with when I started learning how to douse, was the spiritual response therapy charts by Robert Detzler. But there are whole bunches of different charts out there. So if you're asking the question, what's the best chart set for me? My answer is douse it. So Figure out what you're when you're holding the pendulum and you're clear and you've let go of any results. First of all, you ask the question: Is there a a chart set that will work for me? You know that that is that will speak to me. And if the answer is yes, okay, is this one that I need to create or is this one that I need to one I need to find? And that's simply a yes no. With the yes being one that I create and the no being, no, you need to make this one yourself. And then you, and then you just follow the logic on the chart. And then it's like, okay, I need to find some charts. So you go online, you find some charts, you find some systems and you, you allow your intuition to pick the, the short list of the ones that uh, you want to explore. And then again, you douse it like, which one should I which one should I train with or which one should I buy so that way I can uh, start practicing? I see a lot of free ones. I did a search for free yep. dowsing charts. There's quite a number. Uh, yep. Abundancebelief.com, fingerlakesdowsers.com. There's one called getintuitive.com. In your view, or I, I mean, I get what you're saying, basically douse to lead, you know, get the energy to get you in the right direction. But do you feel like some charts are better suited than others? I noticed some of them are circular. Yes, some of them are circular. Some of them are fan charts. The Finger Lakes is actually one of our one of the um, uh, American Society of Dowsers uh, chapters. So anyway, the Letter to Robin book by Walt Woods has a whole set of dowsing charts in there. They, these are basic dowsing charts. So when I say what I mean by basic charts. They have a personal, like a personal dowsing chart. They are a multi-purpose circle charts. So there's something with the hermetic curve. And then you got your basic yes, no chart. So that book actually contains a set of charts that you can start playing with. And actually there's a, um, you can purchase a digital journal to go along with that textbook to us uh, that so you can practice, you, you ask a question and, and you just, you, you journal it. You know, I'm, I'm asking this question today. This is the result I get. I'm asking this question. This is the result I'm getting. Finger Lakes offers a bunch of free downloads, which are templates, I guess. Mm -hmm. And you, you fill in, but I kind of feel like I pulled you off. Uh, I had you going on the different types of dowsing. And then I interrupted you to learn uh, about the, uh, 
charts. The, yeah. the charts. So can we pull back around? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Another form of dowsing is using what we call an L-rod. An L-rod, again, can be made out of copper. It could be made out of any metal at all. I've got a, um, a set of galvanized steel L-rods, and they work just fine. So they don't have to be copper per se. It's not like one particular tool works better than another. It's that you're choosing the tool that speaks to you. If copper works for you, that's great. If something, if you're going to have something, if use galvanized steel, that's fine too. Or you're going to use a piece of wood that works as well as it, it just works. Whatever is going to work with your energy field. I said the L rods, you hold one in each hand and it's going to uh, guide you to what the answer is. Now they don't always work very well with charts, but they can. You would use these for searching for water. You can also use them for searching for minerals. You can use them for finding lost persons, uh, lost objects. Um, a funny story with a set of L rods that I have. My son was working on something in his room and he lost a tool that he was using because he likes to build computers and he, he just couldn't find this tool for the life of him. And he said, Dad, can you please come in here with your L rods and help me find it? And so I came in with my L rods and it pointed me to where it was going and then it moved. And then it, I, it, I went in the direction, okay, it's over here. And then the rods moved again. I was like, wait a second, this thing's moving around the room. And then I realized it was pointing to my son. It fell in his pocket. <laughs> That's great. So, so the way you're doing it, it pointed, but like, I think most people think when you use an L rod, at least this is what I did when I was looking for a spot to try to put a well where they crossed. So how do you differentiate, you know, you're kind of indicating the L rod pointed. So you went in that direction and recognize yeah. that. Well, you're still going to do that with an L rod, even if you're looking for water, say you tell the, the L rods or you tell the, the dowsing system, I need to find where the well is going to be. It's going to point in the direction where you're going to be walking and you're going to walk, walk, walk. And then when the, when the rods cross, then you found X marks the spot. That makes sense? Yes. But if the rods are pointing behind you and you're moving forward, they're going to keep moving behind you to the point where it's pointing behind you. You know, I'm curious, is there uh, anyone who's maybe a little on the ignorant side who might compare this to using the planchette of a Ouija board and asking questions? Actually, using a planchette in a Ouija board is a form of dowsing. It carries a negative connotation at this point, though. It does carry a negative connotation. So I don't recommend people use them because right. they have a tendency to attract let's say, uh, energies that are not necessarily in your highest good. Not to be messed with. I've heard from a lot of people and, you know, yeah. you kind of opened up by pointing out you're asking questions, you're using your intention. Well, the moment you see one of those things, that's got negative baggage. Yeah, you know, I, I don't see any way to ever approach something like that without being ultimately aware of the negativity. Right, right. Or the, uh, the Celtic symbol of life is a swastika. No one's ever going to use it for the Celtic symbol of life anymore. <laughs> yeah, it kind of sucks. How easy. Kind of sucks. Something, yeah, something valuable. But it's something were... that's got so much negative baggage on it now. You, it, it has been corrupted in a way. So other forms of dowsing. There's a, another tool called a bobber. And a bobber is simply a, um, a weight on the end of a metal pole with a spring. And it works the same way where it's going to bounce, have more of a profound bounce, but depending on what your yes, no is or what direction you're going to. Now, personally, I don't use a bows, a dows, a, a bobber. That's, that's a tool that I'm not very familiar with, but I know that we sell them. And then the most basic of dowsing tools out there is your own body. Now you can use your own body, what they call muscle testing or kinesthetic dowsing where you, or Kinesthesiology. Kinesthesiology is a form of dowsing. So this is where I say that, you know, there's a lot of people out there who use dowsing or are dowsers and they don't even realize it because they're using their bodies or um, the emotion code is a whole protocol of figuring out what's going on in your own body. And its primary uh, diagnostic tool is muscle testing. You know, when you hold your hand, arm out in a straight line and someone's pressing on it and you ask a question, if the answer 
is yes, you're going to, or or that it is strongly indicated, you're going to be able to hold that person pushing down on your arm. If the answer is no, they're going to be able to push your arm down with ease. And you can do that with your fingers. You can do that with um, anything where you can have some kind of resistance. And again, the key thing with all of these methods is the question. You have to, and the question has to be clear. The question has to be free of emotional baggage. And I give an example of that in my book, Conscious Conduit. If you are going to ask about a, um, a question that is emotionally charged, such as, um, I'm trying to make a decision between buying the sedan or the sports car. And you love that sports car. It is like cherry red Ferrari and then, you know, goes from zero to 60 in two seconds. My God, that is the, the mo- most beautiful car in the world. Well, if you ask that question of your dowsing tool, you're going to get the answer is going to be the sports car because the you've already tainted the question from your your emotional response there so in that kind of situation sometimes these things are unavoidable especially when you're talking about relationship issues that are highly charged like you know do i break up with my significant other or you know what is this relationship going the where i where the way i want it to if you sincerely wish for a relationship to go in a, in a positive direction, then any answer you're going to get with your dowser is going to indicate that. So in those particular situations, it's best to ask a friend. And better yet, ask a complete stranger who know, who you know can douse. Then you're going to get, because then that person has no emotional investment at all in that question. So they can just ask the question with no emotional attachment, and then you're, they're going to get a much more accurate answer than you are, which is, again, brings us back to our Sandwell problem. You really, really want, part of you wanted to find that well, but another part of you believed it couldn't be done. And that belief that it couldn't be done prevented the drill from getting through that mud pile. When you're talking about emotional issues and you have someone else do it, what are they tapping into as opposed to something like trying to dig a well, which is a physical thing, and as long as the water's there, it should be able to locate it, right? Well, again, the, the emotions are everything because emotion is energy. And what are we doing when we're dowsing? We are looking for energy. We are looking for where the energy is flowing. So whether we are dig- so there's really no difference between digging a well and asking a highly charged emotional question like am i going to die soon or what or my you know how serious is this disease that i was just diagnosed with or you know am i going to break up with my girlfriend or my or my wife or whatever they're the same kinds of questions on an energetic level so asking someone who is not does not have an emotional charge to that question can get a, a more accurate answer because they're still tapping into the energy of it, but they're not allowing their own conscious mind to influence how the pendulum swings. Because when I'm working with a client, really, it makes no difference to me whether you stay with your girlfriend or not. I have no emotional or I have no stake in that. So I can read the energy and give you an honest response of what the energy is providing us. Whereas somebody, if I really, really cared about you and you're, you know, you're a good friend of mine and, and I know what kind of um, drama it's going to produce by ending a relationship, I'm not going to get an answer. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to get an accurate answer there either. Because again, I'm allowing what I want to get into the way of what is. I, but I would suggest that um, someone asking that question of their relationship in the first place has already, there's already a taint there in the first place. But anyhow, go ahead, Jason. How much of this might be considered predicting the future or trying to get answers to look into the future? That is an excellent question. And the answer is not really any at all, because the future doesn't exist. And neither does the past. The only thing that exists is the present. So what you are reading, I mean, you're, this is, that's an excellent question because I've done a lot of research into the nature of time. 
according to the greatest mathematicians out there, Planck, Stephen Hawking, and what and Einstein, and time is not this linear thing where we have a past, present, and future. Time exists in a single six-second interval. So all we have is the present. So whenever we're dowsing, we are dowsing the present. So again, this is how we can change our path, we, we, how we can change our predictable pattern, because generally every six seconds, we allow our reality to repeat or loop what was happened in the prior six seconds. You know, you're, it's the, the, you know, the law of expectation. You know, I'm, I expect that in six seconds, I will still be sitting here talking to you. I expect that I'm going to have lunch in about an hour or whatever. So there's a, there's an anticipation there in this six seconds. I can make a choice to change that reality. And again, that's why I was saying about the, you know, that you, you got your sand. Well, it's like, okay, I am going to make a choice here that the mud is soft enough for the drill to go through, or I'm going to allow my fear and anxiety that it's not going to work to influence the reality of the situation to make it so that wellhead is going to bend, it's not going to, and it's not going to work properly, or it's going to work pro- or it is going to work properly. So again, you let go of your fear. You will let go because emotion is it's energy, man. It is, it is, it is everything that creates your reality. Energy is reality and energy is emotion. So when you ask a question and you've, and you've divorced yourself from the emotional or the negative or po- or perceived positive future, you are now allowing the future to unfold in its most positive, beneficial way, especially since you've divorced yourself from the emotional outcome of it. Like, again, you're asking a question of, you know, I want, I'm, I want a specific outcome, but I'm going to let go of that. And I'm going to say to the universe, you know, yes, no, it's okay, because I'm going to live. It's going to be okay. And I'm just going to allow this outcome to go to my best and highest good. And the answer could be no. And the answer could be yes. But either way, I'm fine. Then by letting go of that and you're simply pushing yourself to your highest good, now you are creating a brighter future for yourself. You're creating a, a future that is go more going with the flow. And the and the cool thing about that is, yes, you are changing the future, but you're also changing the past because you can heal the past because whatever lived in the past that created that emotional, um, that negative emotional pattern in the first place, you can go back and fix that too. And it's not just in this lifetime, you can do that in all lifetimes. Because again, all the time and space in six seconds, you can change everything in your life. And again, that's a uh, that's that's an Akashic dowsing concept, but it also applies to all of dowsing because if, and that's why you have so many of these well dowsers who are just absolutely phenomenal at what they do. It's not that they go out into the field and they find the vein that gives them the best water you know, or it gives the client the best water. They are creating the conditions in a way uh, where the what the best water finds them. That makes sense? Yes. And would you say that this kind of backs up the notions of quantum mechanics then about the nature of time? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Quantum mechanics, quantum entanglement, the whole nine the whole nine yards. All of that stuff is backed up by this. Okay. So that and I don't want to keep dragging us off on um stuff that you didn't put in here, but I find this incredibly interesting. There's always right. these questions that are quote unquote of a conspiracy mindedness that I'm always trying to look for evidence of. And can you get very specific? Like if I asked, did Paul McCartney die in 66 and was he replaced? And they carried on for whatever reason. If I got a yes or no, could I get enough information if I asked something along the lines of how can I prove whatever it was, the yes or the no? 
Well, that's a darn good question because you're also asking a question that can span the multiverse. Because again, with all time and space living in one space, there is a reality where Paul McCartney did die in 67 and he was replaced. And there's another reality where it wasn't. So, you know, they, it's what they call the Mandela effect. And those of you who don't know what the Mandela, Mandela effect is, is that there are many people in the world who remember Nelson Mandela dying in prison before he became president of South Africa. And well, we know, you can look it up online. He did not die in a prison. He died. He became, he eventually became the, you know, the first uh, black president of uh, South Africa. Well, which one's right? So many people have a, 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 will swear up and down that they know that they remember it very, very clearly that that happened. Well, in another reality, it did. But the quantum, our, our, our quantum perception of the multiverse can be very thin sometimes. And so, you know, to, to go to the question of, you know, I, I'm looking for evidence of a, of conspiracies or I'm looking for evidence of something that is happening. Another form of dowsing, which is doesn't isn't talked about very much, is remote viewing is another form of dowsing. Now, this is a form of dowsing that's done in a a uh, a meditative state, but you are still using your body as an instrument to remotely view other locations in other times and other realities in order to gather information. You know the question. You know, they, and these are highly trained individuals who do this remote viewing. But again, it's still a form of dowsing in the sense that you are tapping into that quanta of what is happening in that reality. And again, you have to ask the right question because the most important aspect of any remote viewer is the questioner, the person who the, the, the guide who is asking the questions and, and getting the remote viewer to get to where they need to go. So the short answer of that is yes, but be careful of what you receive because it may be true in some version of reality, which is not in your current stream of reality. So gathering evidence in this, in this manner takes a highly trained individual to, in order to sort through what is within this particular reality stream and another. I mean, you're, wow, you're really getting to the weeds here. That's, that's a very fascinating field, um, one that I'm not in, but if you can't find the book off the off the top of my head, but it's um just look up remote viewing. And there's some excellent books out there, especially on the CIA's use of remote viewing for their spying network, but also for people when they are looking up evidence of prior civilizations and ETs, because they did a lot of research in there as well. They just released not too, too long ago. Uh, their involvement with the Monroe Institute. I'm talking about the CIA. Yes. And what was interesting is a single page was missing. People were searching for the page because it was a critical page. If I remember, it was page maybe 25. And what happened is someone just called up the Monroe Institute and they said, oh yeah, here's page 25. We weren't hiding it. But apparently the online access had been censored at some level. But by the way, that's it's been demonstrated that there have been some spot-on remote viewers that were highly, highly valued. But to pull it back around to the Mandela, I'm one of those people who absolutely remember the news reporting that Mandela had died. But the interesting thing about the Mandela effect, besides the fact that I think it demonstrates the old maxim, mind precedes all reality, which is among the seven ancient seven uh, laws that I accept is correct, some of that could simply be the news putting it out and lying. But then there are other aspects of that where you can't wash it so cleanly as to you know treat it as if it was some Las Vegas magic trick. But I realized another thing uh, that was interesting, not to pull us too far, I'm going to pull us back around here, but isn't it interesting that if there is a Mandela effect and you know it must have existed before the 80s, before it got its name, but to pull us back around to dowsing, Jason, was there anything else you wanted to get in on this line before I pull back around? Well, I better put that aside for the moment or I'll talk about this for the next four hours. Well, I mean, if there's an interesting thing there, don't don't let me be a slave to bullet points. Well, it's the nature of time aspect that is incredibly fascinating to me, but I think he explained it well enough. 
Okay. Did you get all the way through the different types of dowsing, which I feel is directly related to your bullet points about the tools? Do you agree with that, that the form of dowsing can be identified by the tools you're using or not using? Yes. Relatively, yes. Like I said, there's a lot of people out there who douse who don't realize what they are doing is dowsing. They call it something else or they, they've been doing muscle testing for years or kinesthesiology for years and like, oh, that's dowsing. Yeah, that's, that's dowsing. So one of the things I wanted to bring up, because I feel like we're touching on hermetic ideas, which by the way, mind precedes all is drawn from that list of maxims. If we're using copper, there are people in the world who have done esoteric studies that would indicate, well, this is related to the planetary ideas. Or for that matter, if I had a pendulum and let's just say it was a brass pendulum and others would use the crystal from my observations on what nature has shown me, there is a vast difference between using, say, a piece of brass or something that's clearly energetic in a different way, like a crystal. Do you feel like there are people who are so tuned into the dowsing that the material itself would take on a meaning, like I'm using copper because of the esoteric planetary association or anything like that? You see where I'm going here? Yeah, I do see where you're going with that. I think what it comes down to, though, is what connects with you. If you are a person who really is into that copper is a universal conductor, that that it is a way of channeling energy, it's a tool that can be used to channel that energy, then yes, it's going to work great for you. But someone else who's like, oh, no, 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 it's quartz crystals all the way. Or it's, oh, no, it's selenite wands all the way. Or it's symbols like the Ankh or the crystal skulls. And that then, no, that's the way to go. Almost like your favorite screwdriver kind of idea, the tool that you've come to rely on that you really feel like you can get the best out of. But I hate to cut you off here. We have to cut our one so that it can run places in the world and it has to cut at the right time, uh, we won't have that restraint in hour two. So Bill, please, one more time, tell folks where they can find you and your work. All right. You can find me on vitalbioenergetics.com, and you can also find me at dowsers.org. Email address, uh, the best one to contact me is B-I-L-L at N-I-N-A-G-E-E.com. If you also can contact me through the dowsers, at B-I-L-L-G-E-E at dowsers.org. All right. So that's hour one of episode 556 with Jason Lingren and Bill G. Uh, we've been covering dowsing. Hour one is free to everybody at crow777radio.com. That is C-R-R-O-W-777radio.com. Members know to log in for the full two-hour, two-hour-plus episodes. Plus, they get access to all the forums. They can create forums. There are thousands at this point covering dang near everything. They get access to all comments under every episode, which are specific to that topic, as well as free access to the two-hour film called Shoot the Moon that Jason put together covering all my telescopic work. There's a couple things in that film, like The Double Sun, first filmed by me in 2015, that are starting to come back into focus. People are filming this a lot more now. Anyhow, we're going to wrap up, take a short break, come back for hour two and get back into it. With that, I would like to wish everybody everywhere in this world a happy, healthy, and higher-minded new era. There it is, man. Cheers.
Belief is the enemy of knowing.